Hopefully you guys enjoying the World Cup. Anyone doing World Cup rugby marathons? Hey, any wives happy with their husbands doing rugby marathons? No. Hey, so and if there's this Premier League football, there's all these all the sport going on. Hey, um, and if you're a really good husband, you're just watching the highlight reel on on catch up. Hey, but um, it's a tough battle right there right now. Uh, but but yeah, I hope you guys are enjoying it. Um, for all our first time guests, we're so glad you can be here. And of course, for us, uh, our, our goal is that, and our prayer is that you really get to encounter God personally, grow in your relationship with God. And we also know that, that, that everyone, God actually saves you, but He brings people into your life to bring healing into your life. So, so He also wants to connect you into healthy, a healthy circle, a healthy friendship group. And of course, we do that via view group. You also find that relationship on Dream Team, working side by side. And so, so that's our prayer for you, that you really get to know God. You have a personal relationship with Him. You're changed by God. And of course, that you find friendship in the life of the church. And, and uh, for our young people, uh, we're going to add some momentum to that, of course, next week. Not, not next week, the week after that, Rise Camp. And, and the reason Rise Camp does that, it's a, we set aside time. The, ki- the kids have lots of fun. Teenagers have lots of fun. And, and they also then have time where um, there's a momentum to their relationship with God in our worship sessions, in, in the preaching. And, and I've seen it over and over. Uh, young people who get onto a camp, um, they end up hearing from God. God gets to speak to them about their destiny. Um, and, and they really are saying yes to God and allows them to say no to the wrong things. Um, but, but it's so important for us to uh, position our children to actually hear from God. And that's why we have grade four to six. Um, that's from the Monday, Tuesday, that's um, in the school holidays. And then, of course, Wednesday to Friday. And so, so we want to encourage you, sorry, grade, it's two nights for grade four to six, and then two nights for grade seven to 12. So you can still sign up for Rise Camp, but it's a massive investment because you can trust that your child hears from God um, and, and not actually position them in that sort of upper room environment where they setting aside time, they're making friends, and, and they position themselves in worship to hear from God. And that's what these camps do for young people. So make the most of that. So we've been doing a series, Make It Fun. And last week we started and, and we looked at that fun's a choice, that fun is actually spiritual. Um, and we looked at all the benefits of fun. And, and that um, fun is your responsibility. Uh, you can't um, be always asking somebody else to cr- be creating the fun in your life. Um, and of course, we spoke about Proverbs 17 verse 22, a happy heart is good medicine. And, and so um, if your marriage, if you're having a bit more fun in your marriage, you'll see your marriage will get healthier. If you as a family are having more fun, you'll see your family get stronger. Um, and, and we also spoke about how fun um, it, not only is healthy, um, it also attracts. Of course, if you have a home that is healthy and fun, one day, even when your children move out the home, they're going to want to be around family. They want to come back home. They want to spend Christmas together. But when we, we create a tense environment that lacks fun, um, we stop attracting. And, and so we just looked at how important it is to, to actually make um, the most of having fun. Ecclesiastes 8 verse 15 has been our main scripture. It says, so I recommend, I think they have it on the screen. Here it is. Think of it. I recommend, what is it? Having, that's in the Bible. <laughs> I recommend having fun. Because some people go, Chish, I was, I was like, wanted to be, be part of a more spiritual service. You know what I mean? I recommend being quiet. I recommend 
being somber. No, no. This scripture says, I recommend having fun because there's nothing better for people in this world than to eat, drink, and enjoy life. That way they'll experience some happiness along with all the hard work God gives them under the sun. So it's not saying fun is all there should be had in life. It's saying, I recommend having fun, that it's a key ingredient. And if you add this to your marriage, if you add this to your walk with God, if you add this to your family life, if you add this to your work life, um, you're going to have longevity in that area. I think that when you are enjoying what you're doing, you will find the strength to do it at a whole nother level. Um, And especially when you have the joy of God in your life, because the joy of the Lord is your strength. Um, Nehemiah actually says, do not grieve, because they were facing opposition. They were trying to build a wall. There were many people against them, and they were building something for God. And he says this, do not grieve. Why? Because the joy of the Lord is your strength. So even as you build your marriage, do not grieve. Why? Because the joy of the Lord is your strength to build that marriage. As you're parenting, do not grieve. Why? Because the joy of the Lord. As you're building your business in our economy, do not grieve. Why? Because the strength you need is going to be found in the joy of the Lord. And you and I need to make sure we're actually enjoying our life. You know, for me, I want to serve God all the days of my life. So you know what I'm going to, I've made a decision to do? When it comes to God's house and serving God, I've decided I'm going to have fun doing it. And it's nobody else's responsibility. (laughs) It's not yours. It's not the song list. It's not the sound. It's not anything else. It's no one else's responsibility but mine. Why? Well, I want to do this all my life. So I better take full responsibility to do this with great joy and have fun doing it because I understand that having fun will keep me in the game. I grew up in an environment that wasn't fun when it came to church. The only prayer I prayed was, please God, let my parents forget that I live in the same house on Sunday mornings and let them leave me in my bed. They used to make us do church for two hours and they kept us an hour later to do Sunday school. And they had um, one of the priests, he used to stand in his suit and then he'd, he'd tell us what was taught, which we just sat in. Of course, he realized we weren't listening. Um, and he would go through the whole talk and then he would ask any questions every few minutes. And of course, I always had the same one. Are we done yet? Anyway, at least I added a bit of fun to that session, but he hated my guts. Anyway, I clearly was pushing to see if he had fruits of the Spirit growing on his life. But, but I, as soon as I got confirmed at 16, I got my suit jacket. My parents said, what do you want to do? I said, not go there again. And, and, and because there was no joy... I actually tapped out, but I still had a hunger for God. And then my friend invited me to view church. And I went and I was like, um, some of the guys are weird, but they're having fun. <laughs> some of this is, an, I've never seen it. I've grew up in a conservative environment. I don't know why their hands are in the air. And I don't know why that woman's speaking Hebrew at the back of the church there. Anyway, like with a dookie on her head. I was like, okay, but at least, and I actually enjoyed being there. And it took me a year to respond to the gospel, uh, but I've realized that, 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 that when you aren't having fun, you're going to tap out. But when you are having fun, and, and how much more, come on, do, do, you want, do you just want your marriage to be a business contract, or do you want to enjoy each other? 
Do you want to enjoy your family? Do you want to laugh together? Do you want to enjoy your relationship with God? Because it's a, it's a huge privilege to be a child of God. And so I do recommend, like Solomon says here, I recommend having fun. Um, there's nothing better. There's no better ingredient to add to your life than the ingredient of fun. And, and for some of us, you go, I need something more, Andre. I'm going through hard times. Well, this could be the best advice I've ever given to you. Add some fun to your marriage. Andre, my marriage is going through a hard time. Add some fun to it. Add some fun to your parenting season. Add some fun to the season you're in. Uh, married or single, have some fun. Of course, Scripture shows us even how we should enter into God's presence. It says in Psalm 100, enter His gates with thanksgiving and His courts with praise. That's a different spirit. That's a, that's a spirit of, I get to do this. I'm so grateful to be here. Give, him, give thanks to Him and praise His name. God actually shows us. He gives us direction how He wants to enter into His, how he wants us to enter into his house, into, into His presence. Of course, any parents who are really happy when your child does their homework with a bit more joy, Anyone? Come on. Your child does their homework. Please go do it. Any parents enjoy it when their child actually does some chores around the house and they're happy to do it. It's not a battle, hey? How much more do you think God would like it when we do what He asks us to do with joy? When we have a heart of thanksgiving, not dragging our feet. 1 Thessalonians 4 verse 1 says, One final word, friends. We ask you, Urge is even more like it, that you keep on doing what we told you to do, to please God. Not in a dogged religious plod, but in a living, spirited dance. <laughs> that sounds like somebody who's pumped. They got high energy. It's not dragging your feet. So God would like us to have an, a joy and, and also to have fun when we're doing it, to, for, for us to celebrate His house, to celebrate coming into His presence, to celebrate the work He's given us. Even to have a job is a massive privilege in our country and in the world. You drive there thanking God. God, I get to do this. I'm grateful for my job. I'm grateful for the work I have and what you've given me. Psalm 20 shows us that, that, that there should be a joy when it comes to our salvation. Uh, may we shout for joy over your salvation. Isaiah 12 verse 3 says, With joy you will drink deeply from the fountain of salvation. In that wonderful day you will sing, Thank you, Lord. Praise His name. Tell the nations what He has done. Let them know how mighty He is. Sing to the Lord, for He has done wonderful things. Make known His praise around the world. Of course, we see that there should be a joy and in a, a dance and a, a happiness when it comes to our salvation. And, and, and we should always be remembering that we say, remembering what God has done in our life. And it should stir up a, a joy, a happiness. Um, it should actually overflow into fun. Um, why are you so happy? Why are you having so much fun? Well, do you realize that without Jesus, I wouldn't be able to do this? Uh, without Jesus, my, my future uh, would, be, uh, would be a destiny without Him. But now I've got heaven waiting for me. I can be with God forever. Of course, he, um, um, heaven is a party. Uh, I promise you in heaven they're having fun. Luke 15 verse 7 says, In the same way, there's more joy in heaven over one lost sinner who repents and returns to God than over 99 others who are righteous and haven't stay, uh, strayed away. Uh, of course, if you think about it, there's church services and, and people getting saved 
every hour of every day, um, and, and we could even say every minute across the planet, heaven is a continuous party. There's a celebration for one person gets saved. The culture of heaven is a celebration. One day when we return, when we, when we go to heaven, it says that Jesus will host a banquet, a party. And, and so sometimes we can, we can think that it's so spiritual to just be somber. And yes, there are moments of quietness and there's moments of, of sadness and grieving and we come around people. But, but heaven continuously celebrates the salvation of people. And we see that, that God wants us to have a joy in our hearts. Um, you know, Jesus, He would have been fun. Anyone think Jesus would have been fun? Children love Jesus. Jesus even had to say to them, because children were coming and parents were bringing their children. Jesus said, no, no, let them come. You know, children love people who are fun. Come on, if you've got a child and somebody's fun, they go, that was cool. Um, this last Sunday, um, of course, Leanne would have preached here. Yeah, I would have preached at Tailview. And I, and I was chatting to a guy as you, at the kids' church. Um, uh, they were checking out kids. And the kid ran up to uh, their dad. And, and the first thing they said, Dad, that was so much fun. And I was thinking, geez, this was a perfect setup. I just preached on fun and the child runs out. But, but you must, must understand, children measure everything of if it was fun or not. And, and so, so Jesus was fun. Jesus was fun to be around. And, and, and it irritated the religious people. Um, they said this about him in Matthew 11 verse 19. A friend of tax collectors and other sinners. Uh, he was a friend. They, they, they would have hated it. But, but you're telling me that, that these people didn't find Jesus fun. That he was friendly. That he was outward looking. Yes, he wasn't getting caught up in what they were doing, but he connected with them and they wanted to be around him. How crazy is this? The people who were full of sin loved him and wanted to be around him. And the people who were full of junk, <laughs> the religious people, did not like him because he was too much fun. Yeah, no, no, he's not serious enough. He's messing up our religion that we've created here. All these rules we've created, he's messing them up. He's just way too much fun. It's because Jesus was relational. You know, um, I think one of the great stories that we should take on if, if we're going to carry a heart of joy and, and have a, not a heavy heart, a light heart, is, a, is the story of the prodigal son. Of course, if you don't know it, I'll give you a quick overview in Scripture. Um, it's, a, it's a story of two sons. To illustrate the point, Jesus tells a story. Um, um, a man had two sons. The younger son told his father, I want, to share, I want to share of your estate now before you die. So the father agreed to divide his wealth between his sons. Of course, he does this before he dies. It's, it's a, a total, uh, um, the, the, the community would have said, oh, this father should be offended that his son wishes that he was already dead so he could get his inheritance. So the, the, the father divides his estate and gives the younger son his money. And he gives to the old son, but his younger son goes out of the home. And of course, he ends up spending it all. About the time his money ran out, a great famine swept over the land. He began to starve. When he finally came to his senses, he said to himself, at home, even the hired servants have food enough to spare. And here I am dying of hunger. I'll go home to my... Um, 
to my father and say, Father, I've sinned against both heaven and you, and I'm no longer worthy of being called your son. Please take me on as your hired servant. So of course he comes to his senses. He spent all his money. He's lost everything. So he returns home to his father. And while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming, filled with love and compassion. He ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. He, 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 clearly there was a joy to see his son. His son said to him, Father, I've sinned against both heaven and you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But his father said to the servants, quick, bring the finest robe in the house and put it on him. Get a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet and kill the calf we have been fattening. We must celebrate with a feast. For the son of mine was dead and now returned. He was lost, but now is found. So the party began. And and we see here when we come to God, when we turn to God, His response is He celebrates and the party begins. And He ends up putting a robe because the son says, what I deserve is not to be your son anymore. I need to work my way in the family to prove that I'm, I'm, a, I'm a good person again. And the father says, no, I'll immediately put on you a royal robe. I'll put on something on you that's light. Because he came to his father heavy, burdened in his mistakes, burdened in his sin. And his father says, yeah, I receive you as you were made, a son of mine. And I receive you as a son. And it's like he puts on him what's light. He doesn't put a burden on him. He, and he celebrates that he's back. Um, Matthew 11 verse 28 says, Then Jesus says, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I'll give you rest. And that's what the Father in a way gave him. He'd been partying, and then he worked in a pig pen to try to make money because he ran out of money. And, and now he's working, and now he's down in his, in his mistakes. He's down in his sin, and he's, he's burdened with, with this work. And, and his Father gives him rest. He says, Now you're my son. He puts a robe on him, if you think about it. And that's what, what God says He'll do for us. He, he gives him rest. He says, take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I'm, I'm humble and gentle at heart. And you'll find rest for your souls. My yoke is easy to bear. And the burden I give you is light. And, and, and I want to say to us, do we put a burden on people who come to church? Or, or do we create an environment where they come here? It's, there's, there's life. There's a joy. There's a celebration. And, and if they do receive, you know what I mean? If they come and they hear about Christ, they, they go, wow, I want that. I, I want to, to receive Jesus. I want to come back to my father. You, you know, the only person who struggled with what was happening in the story was the older brother. He finds out that they're partying and they're celebrating. And he says, what's happening in there? He says, no, your brother's back. And he's offended. He's offended that they're partying. He's offended that they're celebrating. He's offended that the father would respond in such a generous, excited way to a brother who's made so many mistakes. And, and, and sometimes that's how we feel as a church. Hey, there's so much wrong out there, you know? And, and, and sometimes what we do is we try to put a heavy burden on the world. We try to put a heavy, I think sometimes we, we put a heavy burden on people. It's because we don't really believe that, God's supernatural power is enough. Like we feel like, yes, God loves you, but, but you haven't shown that, that you really want to change. <laughs> you, you haven't shown, like, like, like somehow you're not good enough. No, no, no. Why are we celebrating? Because God's good. 
<laughs> We're celebrating because God's gracious. We're celebrating because God loves. And, and, and all they need to do is come back to God and God will do something. And so as a church, we need to make sure we are carrying that yoke. And if we carry that yoke, I promise you, there'd be a lightness in your life. There'd be a joy on your life. And we will end up having way more fun. So I'm going to quickly give you eight things, um, eight habits and eight responses that we should always, um, like eight steps we should take to live in a way where we're having fun. Number one, we should all return to the Father, return to your Father. Uh, maybe you have tried to make your own way in life. Maybe you've been trying to create your own joy in life. You've been saying, you know, once I have this in my account, I'm going to be happier. Once I'm in this place in my job, I'll be happier. Once these things happen in my children's life or this is happening in my marriage, then I will be happier. But until then, I'm going to be grumpy at home because I don't want my husband or wife to think that we're happy. You know what I mean? Like, you know, they still owe me. You know what I mean? They still need to prove themselves. And, and, and they're responsible for my happiness. Like, it's their job. So I'm not going to show them a smile. Even though sometimes I see something funny on TV, I was going to hide it. Because they need to prove themselves. I want to encourage you, if you're trying to make, let other people determine your happiness, or if you're trying to find happiness in um, this world or, or material things, I want to encourage you to return to the Father who's the only one who can restore your joy. I want to encourage you to come back to your Father who's the only one who can provide for your needs. I want to encourage you to come back to your Father who's got the grace that's sufficient for you even in the hard work that you'll face. I want to encourage you to come back to your Father um, um, to change your direction, um, to return. I remember driving on the, um, the N7. I was, in, I was about 16 years old. I was in the back seat and we were driving to a race. They used to have a race in Think Franchuk where they raced against the train. Anyone remember that race? Okay. And we drive into this race and all of a sudden there's a car on the other side of the road. Uh, we're driving on the left-hand side and the right-hand side, the car's driving this, uh, like right next to us on the wrong side of the road. Clearly they were coming back from some place where, anyway, they sure had too much to drink. And they're driving, or they were just like Americans visiting. Anyway, so um, we started hooting. And I got out of the window waving, and this person looks and, and looks. And they actually, like, I could see they like, think we were a bunch of nutters. And then this truck <laughs> comes towards them, and they see. And they actually slow down. We slow down, and they wave, thank you, and they do a U-turn. They thought we were nuts. They were just shouting at them, hey, hey, <laughs> turn around. Meanwhile, we were like just trying to help them because they were on their way to destruction. They were heading towards a truck. They didn't, but, but we just were trying to help them to change their direction. And you might be thinking, I'm on my way to happiness. I'm almost there. We've almost got the amount we want in our bank account. We've almost got the house we want. We've almost got the, the school, the scenario we want. I'll let you know, it's only Jesus who can give you the joy that you're looking for, the peace that you're looking for. Please return to your Father. And find your joy in Him, your happiness in Him. Number two, I encourage you to receive God's love and forgiveness. Receive it. What I mean is, must drink from it. Every day, wake up, acknowledge that God loves you and He's forgiven you. And that His grace is sufficient for you. You need to remind yourself of that. 
us, you will get back into a place where you're working towards your salvation, thinking that it's your job to, to earn it. Meanwhile, we receive our salvation from Christ. And I promise you, once you wake up and acknowledge that God loves you, that there's nothing that can separate you from His love, you will take on a yoke that's light every morning. And, and you will start to live differently. You'll start to declare that God made you on purpose, that there's nothing that can separate you from His love. There's nothing that can cause Him to love you more or less. Romans 8 verse 31 says, What shall we say about such wonderful things? If God is for us, then who, um, who could ever be against us? Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean He no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity? Um, or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death. No, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. We are loved by God. And, and if you want to enjoy your life and have more fun in life, you need to start every day reminding yourself that you're loved by God, that He loves you unconditionally and that you are forgiven. And maybe you need to actually ask Him. Maybe you have never received this forgiveness. Scripture says, as you confess your sins, He's faithful and just to forgive you of your sins. If you want to live happy and, and, and have more joy and fun in your life, I encourage you to forgive. You need to forgive people who've offended you. If you do not forgive, you're robbing yourself of happiness. Because people who don't forgive, let unforgiveness fester into bitterness. And now you're trusting that there'll be more happiness in your marriage and more fun in your parenting, but you're always trying to filter it through this bitterness that's in your heart. And we have to, if we're going to be people who enjoy life and, and, and enjoy getting to serve God and enjoy the work He's given us, we're going to have to have a heart that's healthy. And we're going to have to forgive others. And Matthew 6 verse 12, And forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. It's like forgiveness flows. Forgive us as we, forg as we have forgiven. It's like, but once we stop forgiving, forgiveness gets clogged up. Now I need forgiveness from God way more than I need to hold offense against others. So I need to let go of that offense because I need the forgiveness to flow through my life. Of course, what, what I, I would encourage you with is God will never ask you to do something He won't empower you to do. And Philippians 2 verse 13 says, For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases Him. And I encourage you to, to, to free yourself up and start the forgiveness journey if you are holding unforgiveness and you'll find greater joy will be in your life. And number four, stop trying to work everything out. <laughs> it's a trick of the enemy that somehow you are God and that you're in control. Yes, you need to be a steward of now, but you need to also thank God that His timing is perfect. You know, I've been saying to the church that I love where Scripture says that, that he's, he, he knew exactly when we'd be born and where, and He decided that. The timeline, you were born for a time. Like, to even think that it would be better if you lived in another time, that, that's a life from the enemy. You're perfect for today. God made you wonderfully and skillfully for today. You know, when Paul was in prison um, and, um, and we see that, that, that he wrote the, the letters to the churches and, and the attitude we pick up from Paul, it wasn't a why me attitude. 
It was a, okay, what now? Because if he got caught up in trying to work everything out, he would have gone, this isn't working out. Why me? But, but when you know that God's for you and God can work everything to your good and God's timing is perfect and you might not know why these things are happening, but God does, you can say, okay, what now? And Paul said, okay, I'm going to write letters to the churches. Um, and, and he started to minister to the people who were in chains with him. He didn't go, why me? Why me keeps you out of a joyful life. And it, 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 it keeps you out of a productive life, a life of stewardship. But a what now keeps you happy and, and it keeps you in a place of being productive and being a steward. And, and people who are, are productive and are stewards, they, they're actually way happier as well. Um, come on, you have a good day's work, you go home, you sleep well. You have a day's work of using your work time on social media, you go home not feeling any better because you've just wasted a day. And, and so, so, so when you're trying to work everything out, you will steal your joy and steal your productivity. But when you say God's big and He's placed me in this moment for now, I'm going to make the most of this. And, and I'm going to say, okay, what now? Proverbs 3 verse 5 says, Trust in and rely confidently on the Lord with all your heart. and Do not rely on your own insight or understanding. In all your ways, um, know and, and um, acknowledge and recognize Him. Of course, in all your ways, acknowledge, recognize God. He'll make your path straight and smooth. Um, he removes the obstacles that block your way. And, and it's in acknowledging Him that He's the King of kings, that He knows what He's doing. And He knew that you'd be in this, this place. It's okay, what now, God? The obstacles removed. There's a great joy in your life. Number five, to enjoy our lives um, is to be grateful for the lives we've been given. I want to encourage you. Solomon, in a way, if you study Ecclesiastes 8 verse 15, um, uh, we, we, have to, we have to realize what he's saying to us. If you want to enjoy your life, if you want to have fun, um, it's to be grateful right now for the life you've been given. Um, and, and, and Paul found a way to be grateful for his life, even in a prison. And, and that's actually hard to stay joyful. To, to wake up tomorrow and go, thank you, God, that I live here in Malkpurs, if you're living in West Beach, wherever you live. Thank you, God, that for my family. Thank you, God, for today's work. Thank you for this week. Thank you, God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be a steward of it. Thank you that I get to do this. I'm so happy. Thank you, God. And that's actually how to stay happy. Um, uh, but but when, you, when you're always going, you know, my life would be better if I had so-and-so's life. You're setting yourself up. You're robbing yourself of joy. You're robbing yourself of happiness. And, and you actually are giving into the enemy's tactics. The enemy wants you to compare your life so you miss out on building your life. If, if you compare your life to somebody else, the only one losing out is you because you wasted time you could have used to build your life to grow, to become more of the person God's designed you to be, to, to read His Word, to serve other people. And, and so don't get into that trap. If I had to give you one thing, and it's my, my third last point, but if I had to give you one thing today to walk away with, this would have been it. You, you, this is my one thing, my best advice to say, if you want to be happy, be others focused. People who are others focused are way happier yeah. Um, the Salvation Army, um, the, the, um, I can't remember his first name, but his surname's Booth. And he, um, he, was, um, he was sick and he couldn't make it to a big meeting. And all of his guys got together to celebrate. And he, had, and he normally gave a speech at, at the end of the year. And, and he couldn't be there. So he wrote them a note. It's, it's called the, the shortest speech in history. He just wrote others. 
And he, they wrote us. He, says, he wrote to us, Mr. Booth wrote to us, and he said, others. And they got it. Clap. That's it. That's the key. When life's about you, life isn't as happy. But when life's about others, you really start to live. And the world of the generous does get bigger and bigger, but the world of the self-focused person, the stingy person gets smaller and smaller. And number seven, the happiest people have got great friends, have great friends and great purpose. The happiest people have great friends and great purpose. That's a secular study. But as a church, we like going, you're right. The happiest people on the planet, they say, have got great friends, great purpose. That's why we've got View Group and we've got Dream Team. Great friends, great purpose. Great friends, great purpose. Just think that you've protected your schedule from friends and purpose. That to think that somehow that's going to make you happier, you're fooling yourself. Because even the secular studies show the happiest people on the planet have got great friends and great purpose. Lastly, laugh. Have you ever had a good laugh and it's like done wonders for you? Come on, have you ever had a laugh with a friend? You could, just couldn't believe it. You started laughing. Or you've been, anyone been at church and somebody's got started, got you laughing, you had to hide behind everyone else in the crowd. You couldn't help it, hey? But, but laughing actually blesses you. Laughing, it makes you stronger. It's, it's, weird. it's like the joy of the Lord. That scripture is my strength. Um, Proverbs 17, 22, a happy heart's good medicine. A joyful mind causes healing. A good laugh makes you stronger. But if you're gonna start laughing more in life, you're going to have to find the joy in those things, even when it's tough. You're going to have to become somebody who looks for it. They say, if you hang out with wise people, you become more wise. I, I, I want to encourage you, if you hang out with people who are joyful, you'll also become more joyful. If you hang out with people, have you ever gone to someone's house who is joyful? Come on, anyone know those friends? If you go to their house right now, you're going to speak about how, how, how South Africa is struggling. Then you go to somebody else's house and you're going to speak about South Africa is the best country in the world. <laughs> you know it. Come on. You got those friends. I promise you, by God's grace, I just love speaking. Like you, I can just say, even you tell me one bit of good news about South Africa. I'll tell you it's the best country in the world. <laughs> that's just, that, that's, I, I'm not going to live in, I'm going to let my faith rise. You can say, oh, your head's in the clouds. Yeah, Yo, you're right, in heaven. Okay. Um, but I'm going to lift my head, my eyes to where my help comes from. But, but you and I need to make sure the people we spend time with are people who've got joy. Can you close your eyes quickly? Maybe you need to receive His forgiveness this morning. Like I said, return to the Father, receive His forgiveness. Maybe you've walked away from Him and, and today's the day where you return to Him. You ask Him to forgive you of your sins. If that's you, I'd love to just pray for you. Just give me a wave so that's me. I need to return to God. I need to ask Him to forgive me of my sins. God bless you. Anyone else? God bless you. Anyone else? Just give me a wave. So that's me. I need to pray. I need to receive His forgiveness. Let's pray together. Jesus, I confess that I'm a sinner. Thank you that you're faithful and just to forgive me of my sins. Today, I want to return to you. I not only want to receive your forgiveness. I'm asking you to lead me. Be my Lord in Jesus' name. Amen.
Awesome. Let's thank Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.